Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. I've often thought that practice room culture in music schools is a bit like the gym. There are people around at all hours of the day, but you'll see a consistent group of folks who train in the morning, a different group of folks who always work out in the evening, and then a few dedicated gym rats who are there at both ends of the day. So here's an interesting hypothetical. Let's say that you could practice two hours a day for the next week. Would it be better to do two hours in the morning, or two hours in the evening, or one in the morning and one in the evening? Or does it even really matter? Well, a recent study provides some intriguing clues that might just change how you plan your day. So we already know two things. Thing number one is that spacing practice out results in better learning and long-term retention than cramming it all together. Thing number two is that sleep enhances learning and long-term retention as well, as in your brain keeps learning, as it were, even while you're sleeping. So a team of French researchers wondered what might happen when the two effects were combined in a strategic way. Would this learn to even better learning? Two groups of 20 participants were tasked with learning the French translations of 16 Swahili words. All 40 participants went through the same exact training, but there was one tiny difference. One group, the wake group, had their first study session at 9 a.m and their relearning session at 9 p.m. on the same day. The other group, the sleep group, had their first study session at 9 p.m. and their relearning session at 9 a.m. the following morning. The first thing everyone did was learn the words. The Swahili-French word pairs were presented to each participant on a computer, one pair at a time, for seven seconds each. Once they had seen all 16 pairs, participants were quizzed to see how many of the translations they could recall. Presented with just the Swahili word, they were asked to type in the French translation. After submitting an answer, the correct translation would appear on the screen to confirm whether they got it right or not, and provide an opportunity to memorize the correct answer if they got it wrong. If their answer was correct, they would no longer be quizzed on that word for the rest of the study session. But if they got it wrong, that word would go back into circulation and they'd be quizzed on it again until they got it correct. Twelve hours later, the participants came back to the lab for a second study session. 
But first, they were tested on the 16 word pairs to see how many they could recall from the previous study session. As you probably guessed, the sleep group did better, recalling about 10 translations versus 7 for the wake group. Next, all the participants practiced the list until they could get all 16 translations correct in a row without an error. So here's where things start to get interesting. The researchers kept track of how much practice the participants needed to get all 16 translations correct. The sleep group got to perfect recall in about half the time that it took the wake group, an average about three cycles through the list as opposed to almost six cycles for the other group. Plus, every single participant in the sleep group got a perfect score within five attempts, whereas 75% of the wake group needed more practice. I mean, that makes sense, right? The sleep group got more items correct to begin with, so it makes sense that they would need less time to study the remaining words. At least, that's what I thought too. But the researchers took a look at the participants in both groups who performed about the same on the relearning test and found that those who slept still got to a perfect performance faster than the folks who stayed awake. So not only did sleep lead to a higher level of performance after the same amount of practice, but when participants returned to the same material, it helped them reach the desired level of performance in half the time. This would imply a huge time and effort savings, because if we can hop into the practice room in the morning and work a piece back up to a higher level than it was the day before in half the time it would normally take, we could use that extra time and energy to do some more detail work or spend time on other repertoire. And with regards to memory, it gets even better. One week later, the participants came back to the lab and were tested to see how many of the French translations they could correctly recall. Believe it or not, with no further practice, the sleep group was able to recall about 15 out of 16 of the translations. In fact, 60% of the participants got all 16 correct, whereas the wake group recalled only about 11 of the translations, and none of them were able to recall all 16. And six months later, the sleep group continued to outremember the wake group, being able to recall about nine of the 16 translations as opposed to about three for the wake group. There were also another 20 participants, the control group, who did all the same stuff as the sleep group, except for the relearning training, where they had to go through the list until they could get all 16 translations correct. I bring this up because their results suggest that it wasn't just sleep that resulted in vastly better performance. It was a combination of sleep plus the relearning session bright and early in the morning. And why would this make a difference? Well, it's an educated guess based on previous research, but it's likely that a day's events and activities can cause interference with whatever it is that you study in the morning. Whereas if you study in the evening and then sleep shortly thereafter, it minimizes interference and also gives you the benefit of the memory processes that sleep enhances. This means, for instance, that if you have rehearsal at 10 a.m., it's important to get to bed early, wake up earlier, and put in an hour before rehearsal so all the stuff you do during rehearsal doesn't interfere with all the work you did the night before. And yes, memorizing word pairs is indeed a very different type of knowledge than working out the kinks in a tricky shift, the former being declarative or factual knowledge and the latter being procedural or how-to knowledge. That said, we do know from other studies that learning does continue overnight for procedural memory too. So you might be a morning practicer or a nighttime practicer, but it looks like there could be some pretty interesting benefits of becoming a nighttime slash morning practicer instead. Perhaps this would mean working on newer, more challenging things in the evening and then following up in the morning to take it a step further. 
or reading through new rep in the evening and returning to it in the morning to make sure it sticks, or spending time on the most important thing on your list very last in the day, but making it the first thing you start with in the morning. It might be a little bit of a hassle, but if you could get even a fraction of the benefits from this study in your musical learning, it does seem like it'd be totally worth splitting your daily practice time into a evening session and a morning review session, instead of cramming all of it into one single part of the day. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 